0: From the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders, I'm Jordan Cooper, a.k.a. Blenderhead, Blender HD. if you want to follow me there on Twitter. And this is the show where we would take a look at yesterday's slate, look through results DB, see what some sharp players did. We review it a bit, take, maybe take a, a sneak peek at uh, today's slate. Uh, we, we got a big one today, t- tonight uh, on, on the MLB docket and answer your DFS strategy questions as always i see you guys in the youtube chat suki singh oh he's yeah, seven minutes early then he was late yesterday but now he's he's early eric hill jerome lewis doug Montgomery, real life pitcher julian wilson card fan daniel hutchins and alex santi's here got everyone hit that thumbs up button on your way in the door right give me those dummy thumbs helps us out uh hit the subscribe button if you're new hit the notification bell to know when we go live here on this channel, yesterday, yesterday, the question was: What did did, did you take a chance on the Padres Braves game? Okay, probably, they, if you look, took a look at the weather, they could have probably fit the entire game in before it rained. Right? It ended. They start once they started delayed, like you couldn't play anymore. Right? We had Roth on crunch time. It's so like this game did two to two and a half hours of no rain. And then, then there's trouble. Then, then there's trouble down the line. But uh, if they want to get this game, they want to get at least you know, official game in like if they start at, you know, the normal time, seven, seven twenty, 20, whatever it was, that it should be fine enough that to play Darvish. Right. I mean, the Padres projected well also. So you want to take a shot on that. Uh, but they decide to late start it for no apparent reason for, and then didn't, it didn't rain nine 30, 10 o'clock. They postponed it like an hour later anyway. Uh, so some people took a shot at it because original, originally it was a bad forecast and it's like, okay, maybe, they, maybe they can get this game in. And uh, I, I just, I just exited I me personally, I, I, I looked at the radar myself and I said anything past like nine thirty is is, is dead. And, and there could be a pop-up before then, right? So who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? It's a big enough slate that, do I need to play the Padres? Do I need to play Darvish? I mean, Darvish was probably, the you know, the top raw points pitcher on the slate, but uh, is it worth it? Well, we could see here that, uh, we take a look at Darvish. Darvish came in in the $5 big GPP on DraftKings. He came in at 11.7%. But you could obviously see it's mixed here. Right, some some sharper players just said, "Nope, ain't gonna play him, ain't gonna do it." And then some are like, "I'm gonna take a shot." So I in a lot of aligners: thirty-five percent, thirty-two percent, twenty-five percent. Proflex who won, it zero. But you take a look at Tatis. Tatis, that you would think it's the same. It should be the same people, right? See, zero, 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 zero. You're forty-two percent. What that's need lunch money. Tatis. But it's weird for me to see, like, Broflex have zero Darvish, yet still have Tatis, yet still have Padres stacks. Well, I guess so, maybe. You take a shot on a couple of them on the pond for the hitters. Just kind of weird to see. that you, You wouldn't take a shot on Darvish, but you would take a shot on the bats in that game. Oh, well, okay. Just interesting. So looking through here, the pitchers yesterday. If you played Gibson, he was fine until the last inning, right? Minus eight. I'm surprised he was the highest owned pitcher. Well, I, I guess people people were moving from uh, Darvish to Gibson, right? Because Darvish, if that had no weather problem, Darvish would have been like 35 to 40 percent though. So I'm assuming that Darvish at 9200, you just swap down, especially like you know you see it 705 or whatever that uh, the, the, the game's going to be late started, which makes no sense. Then you switch over to 200 less, you get Gibson, right? And then you had Granky. So Granky at 8,800 and Yarborough at 8,600. Otani at 8,700. So like all of that range was all split. Or Kevin Gausman, you go up to, to 10, 10,000, 10,000, 10, something like that, whenever. I didn't play any Gausman. Uh, my, my pitching pool was, uh, what did I, let's see I played a lot of Cole Irvin, right? I played Caleb Smith, basically Caleb Smith and Cole Irvin. I did, I mean, I did play Gibson. I did play Yarbrough. I I think I played one Otani lineup. I had like 15 lineups yesterday. I played Alec Mills. I played a lot of Cole Irvin against the Angels. The projections for the pitchers yesterday were just like, nothing, nothing stands out. They all project in a very similar range, like half the pitching pool projected around the same. So my attitude was, is that, you know, you could play Alec Mills, Cole Irvin, Caleb Smith, like any of these guys, like the Yarbr- Yarbrough, Yarborough was the, in the bat was the top projected pitcher, which I mean, he's not much of a strikeout pitcher. So if he gets into trouble, it's hard for him to hard for him to make up ground. And that's what happened. So I had Yarborough, but I mean, I had Yarborough Smith, you know, Gibson Irvin, you know, like stuff like that. Greinke in a lineup or two. Lester was the play, apparently. He does this once in a blue moon. Or Spencer Watkins against Tampa Bay. But I viewed the Lester situation as a high-variant situation. Lester didn't project that badly uh, in the bat. I mean, he was only 6,300. So how, how much does he have to project? The ball because, And the Marlins, and Lester sucks, and the Marlins suck. And the Marlins were trotting out a lineup without Cooper, without Marte, without Chisholm. So a weaker Marlins lineup. But I mean, John Lester sucks also. So Miami projected well and Lester projected well. And in those situations, that's a, that's a high variance situation. <coughs> Typically, the range of outcomes is going to be much wider, which means more likely that one or the other does well. Either Lester goes out and what he did and, you know, pitch... You know, what, eight strikeouts or whatever, whatever he had. Or the Marlins come out in, you know, eight to 10 runs. But yesterday, there were tons, tons of, tons of offense yesterday. I, I, great lineup. I mean, my, 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 my 250 lineup. My ball four special. Cause I play one entry. I don't play the four entry max. Like I had a lot of Mets, Mets, Red Sox Mets. Those are my top two stacks. And you figure the the, the Reds, the, the the Red Sox put up 13 runs, and the Mets put up 15 runs. And it's still nowhere close. Still not, still nowhere close, right? <laughs> still didn't get there. Well, Bogart's I mean, team scores 13 runs and he goes 0 for 5. Right in the middle of it at shortstop, especially when Trey Turner goes nuts. Because the Nationals put up 18 runs. Right? The Tigers put up 15 runs. Like so many teams put up a lot of runs. I mean, the Reds put up runs also, right? They put up 10 runs. It was a 15 to 10 game. But I mean, based on the ownership in in, in, in single in a in a small field, I mean not single entry, but close to it. I mean, I, I love this Boston ownership. Right? Duran seven. Renfro two. Martinez four. Bogart seven. Devers 11. And I like Duran because a lot of people are playing Tyler Naquin at 2500 So it's a very similar price point. I mean, Naquin did well also. Same for Renfro, right? He had a grand slam. Like this, this looks like a lineup that should win. Obviously, Yarborough, you get, I got screwed there. But I mean, 67th place, it comes nowhere near. I mean, the winner in a 400, it was Duke Dog 71. The Cincinnati stack. One, two, three, four. Two Washington. One Boston, one Miami. Okay. Kind of a messy lineup, but whatever. But I mean, you could have won with the Cincinnati stack, and then but you had Soto. Yeah, that, that's what you need. Soto's forty three points. Sandy Leon comes in and gives gives up a home run. I get it. I didn't play any Washington yesterday. They were they were on my short list, but I, I didn't get to it. Yesterday I played uh, Boston, Mets. Who else? Houston. I mean they didn't do anything, but they to me they were under owned. We take a look at Alvarez. Oh, he's not a pitcher. Let's go to. I mean yeah, wow. He actually was ten percent owned in the, the five dollar. was lower owned than, than some of the the, the medium one. Alvarez, Altuve, yeah, four nine percent owned. Correa, six percent owned. So I was playing Houston, like three man Houston, not 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 five man Houston. And then I was playing some leverage. I played a Pittsburgh lineup against Caleb Smith, figuring Caleb Smith would be owned enough. I played a Detroit stack against Gibson. I played a Baltimore stack against Yarborough. Now, all those stacks, I mean, like those teams did, the Tigers did well, the Orioles. I mean, the Orioles did well, but I mean, when the Nationals put up 18 runs and the Red Sox put up 13 runs with five home runs, right? The Mets had, the Mets have five home runs and they have 15 runs. Like who cares? Baltimore scoring what, six or seven runs? Who cares? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter anymore. I thought Cincinnati was overowned. Didn't mean I didn't play him. I had a Cincinnati lineup. But I mean, if you take a look, Winker at 23, Nakun at 14, Tyler Stevenson at 15, Suarez at 12. To me, they weren't even the top stay in the bat. They weren't even the top stack on the slate, projected-wise. The Mets were. And you can see here, Brick. Brick had a lot of Mets. He, he played a lot, ton of Mets in 150 lineups. And four two home runs, but he also took shots on Tatis, right? JD Davis, thirty percent. McNeil, thirty-six percent. I mean, the Red Sox were owned, right? it's not like they were under-owned. It was—it was not like they were. It's not like they—they. They, I mean, there was like no one had them. But I think Toronto was over-owned yesterday. Right? We take a look at Bichette. There's Vlad. Vlad somewhere here. Yeah, here sixteen sixteen percent. It was like sixty three hundred people playing two cheap pitchers or whatever. Yeah, not much. Most most of these tilapia, sure twenty percent. Not much Toronto, right? Cole Calhoun. I didn't have any of. Right, the two K you for the Diamondbacks. Could see here. It depends if you're playing them in stacks. You go through here. Miami was sharp. Let me tell you, like less, uh, both sides were sharp. I mean, I, I saw a bunch of sharp players play Marlin stack. So we could see it here, right? Alfaro, over, Aguiar, where's Duvall? What happened to Duvall? I saw him here. Duvall, right? He was 11% owned. I mean, look look across the board. I mean, Miami, yeah, they didn't get there. But if you played a Miami stack yesterday, you got... A lot of sharp people did. But just because it didn't get there doesn't mean you were stupid. But I don't know if people expected them to be this owned 11%. I mean, they weren't like high owned. But really, the, the Nationals were, were lower. I mean, Soto was owned. Soda was 13%. Trey, Turner, Trey, Trey Turner's ownership only went up because of the Padres Braves game. Like, if you were not, if you were saying screw, Screw it, I'm not playing Tatis. Like you go down, okay, I'm going to play Trey Turner. All right, We take a look at shortstop, right? Bogarts or something, you're going to play, so do something like that. Beau Bichette, right? You're going to have some expensive shortstop that you're switching to. And then people, you know, they oh, I'm going to switch from Tatis to Turner, and then Turner has 30 points. Josh Harrison was 10%. Uh, no, the Nationals weren't like, weren't that low. Look, Escobar at 8%. And usually I look down at the teams at like the six, seven percent. Like who who's in this range? The Pirates, the Cubs. Right? Like look, Kiki Hernandez, four percent on the Red Sox. I love loved the Red Sox ownership yesterday. Renfro at three percent here. These guys were lower owned in the in the smaller field stuff. Or the medium, the medium field, whatever. Right, I had a Detroit lineup with Badu. I guess Detroit was a much better uh, stack on FanDuel, where you could play Miggy and Scope together. You couldn't, you can't on DraftKings. They're both first base only eligible. You go down here. I had one Dodgers, I had a Dodgers lineup. Right? Turner and Muncie, they did well, but I mean, no one else did. So look at, the or- look at the Orioles, right? Leverage on Yarbrough. Yarbrough's 23% owned. And we have like Santander and Hayes. They were so cheap. So you pair them with, you pair the, I do like Baltimore and Boston, right? You pair them with the Red Sox. Take a third, Devers, Bogarts, JD Martinez. You play hand Hayes, Santander. I mean, did you pay up at pitching twice for two 8 to 9K pitchers. Same thing for the Pirates. You could have done the same exact thing for the Pirates. Right, look at the Castle is less than 1% owned. Look, uh, Mickey Cabrera was less than 1% owned. Just looking down through here, the Giants were barely owned and they did well, but not well enough. It's one of those things where, oh, my team scored a lot of runs, but they didn't score 18 runs. A lot of times you find that one team that does that. Out of 20, you want a quarter of the teams put up double digits. Well, there's multiple ways to win with those teams. But if you don't have any of those teams, well, you're dead. You're dead. Don't even bother. Let's look through the YouTube chat. Norm Bothwell says, I had a 5-2-1 Boston Nationals. I was in top 10 most of the night. Gausman Mills didn't work out for for you. Finished with 206 points. That's still a lot. 206. Uh, Uncrabby Cabby. Hey, Jordan, do you use the Team Smash tool as part of your process? If if so, what's your plan of attack? You're talking about... uh, I don't even know if this is up. I've discussed this before, obviously. I've discussed everything before. Let's go to... I don't think we have it up for today yet right does this uh DraftKings stack leverage team smash percentage that's what you're talking about so let's let's see if we could find it from yesterday or at all (laughs) yeah this is I mean it's just not filled in yet right we have the right people in right Trevor Williams is pitching. Okay. So this obviously doesn't have owners. This is not updated or whatever. Okay. I've talked about this before. Where are we going? Okay. What this tool is, this is for DraftKings. Now there's a FanDuel version. There's a whatever. There's every version. This smash percentage is Here. Using a simulation of 10,000 trials, our plate IQ projections determine the percent of time the team will smash the slate by finishing as the top option, so the top stack. So it's going to be the top stack. You can compare that to a team's expected ownership and percentage to finish as a top overall value on the slate to make exposure decisions. Okay. So this is the percentage of the time that a four or five-man stack of this team is the, top st- is the highest performing stack in points based on 10,000 plus trials using the plate IQ projections, okay? These are the things you need to know. You need to understand the context. So basically you're looking, if you're using the plate IQ projections, this is the most important part. These numbers would be completely different if you use the bat. These numbers would be completely different if you aggregate the two. If you make your own projections, it, like it, this is only using the plate IQ projections. So based on the plate IQ projections, today the Red Sox. I, I mean, I don't even know. I don't even know if this is calculated, let alone accurate. 10%, ten percent. You know, smash percent top stack would be ten percent. Ten percent for the. Toronto, 8% for Houston. And then you'd look at the aggregate ownership, the average ownership of that four or five-man stack next to it, right? So you're looking, let's say Houston is going to be 8.8% smash percentage, but they're only going to be owned at 4%. That's positive leverage. Let's say Boston is the highest, you know, 10.57%, but they're going to be owned at 16%. That's negative leverage. does it mean you don't play Boston. No. Just means that they're overowned. You may look down here and you go, oh, the Diamondbacks, they have a 1% chance of being the top stack, and they're going to be owned at a half a percent. They're underowned. Yeah, they're also they're, they're also only a 1% chance of being the top stack. So you know, I'm not going to just start jamming in diamondbacks into all my lineups. You have to look for a mix between they have a good chance of being the top stack as well as being owned for their probability but this is using the plate IQ projections if you're not using the plate IQ projections or you're using some compendium of whatever well you would have to calculate this on your own to simulate this on your own same thing for same thing for slate IQ when slate IQ comes out and it shows you know percentage of times whatever that's a whole that's a different process That's a different simulation methodology same type of thing you're but you're still looking at the general concept of teams that have a better probability of being the top stack than they will be owned yesterday the Ast- yesterday the Astros and the Red Sox let's see I'm looking at them even the Marlins. I'm, I'm taking a look at my cheat sheet like Boston, Houston, Miami, and Baltimore were positive leverage. The Mets actually was negative. The Mets weren't like like negative, like totally negative. The Mets were overowned yesterday. And then you're gonna say to me, Well, why did you play the ton why'd you play a lot of the Mets? I said, yeah, well, the Mets, according to the bat, was the highest, the highest act, the, the highest smash in the bat was the Mets. And they would be over-owned. So if I want to play Mets in my lineups, I need to find an under. I need to find an underowned, other parts of the lineup. There's, that's where the Red Sox came in. So I had I, I'm not going to play the Mets and the Cincinnati together. They're both overowned. I wasn't going to play the Blue Jays with the Mets. Another overowned team. But I could play Baltimore with the Mets, right? I could play Houston with the Mets because the Mets are still a high probability team. The goal is not to just play all the under, if they're, if they're over-owned, X amount. Like, yeah, but they're also the best projected, they're also the best projected players. So what are you going to do? You just play poorly projected players just because they're under-owned? No, you're making lineups. Remember, lineups, not players. So you take a look at, at, at this lineup, you know, that I had in the 250. head. I mean, what do I, oh, Pete Alonzo is over-owned at 25%. Yeah, you're right. He is. McNeil is 15%. That was all, he he was over-owned. Yeah, but I'm playing 2% Renfro and 7% Duran and 4% Martina. What, what do I care? Boston was what's good. I'm getting the leverage with Boston. I'm playing a chalky pitcher combination because it's a small field. It's a 450 person contest. What more do I need? I could play Mets in this lineup. If I wanted to, let's say I wanted to play Mets and the Reds, which is too chalky, then I would be playing like weird pitchers to make it to make up the difference leverage wise. So people think too much on. Well, I'm going to look at the top. St- How did you play this team that was overowned? Well, you're not just playing a team. Take a take a look at this lineup. One, two, three, four, five. Like, if you play a five-man stack, I know that this, this is, I'm, I'm going to do simple math for you people, okay? When you select a team on DraftKings, you're like, I'm going to stack this team with five people, right? Does the lineup end there? Does it end? Am I just stacking Devers, Bogarts, Martinez, Renfro, Duran and submitting my lineup and going, that's it? No, there's, other, there's five other guys in the lineup. So even though you're stacking five guys, that's only half your lineup. So if you want to stay if you, you want to play the highest projected over-owned team, if you want, sure. With five of them, sure, you still have half the lineup to get the leverage you need for the contest that you're in. All positive and negative leverage are is to guide you on how to build the full lineups together. Now, obviously. If you take a look at a tool like the you know the the stack percentage top stack team smash whatever you want to call it like if a team if the team is down here is a team one percent chance two percent chance and they're going to be over right teams that are one percent chance of being the top top smashing team and they're going to be owned at five percent and and it's a and it's a slate like this we got what 26 teams on this slate well, I don't know how many games are on today and they ranked like at almost at the bottom. Like that, that's a team you yeah, that, that That's a team you may not have any, because it not not only does it not project well, the team doesn't project well, they don't smash often enough, and they're gonna be over-owned. So it's like, what, what's the purpose of them in your lineups? If you were to run lineup HQ with that line, that team, the, the projections wouldn't even make it. You, you'd, have, you'd have to physically force them into your lineup because they don't project well enough if we take, a, I mean, let's say we take a look at like, let's see, uh, teams that don't project well. I don't even know today. Let's take a look at the stack projections. Let's look at point per dollar. What teams would not project? The A's? Well, that's not even on the slate. The Rays against Means. They look like awful point per dollar. Slow ceiling point per dollar, right? Maybe even the Dodgers, but the Dodgers have a high ceiling. So let's take a look at the Rays against Means. Today, just to show you, I mean they have a four point seven four total. But I mean these point per dollar values, other than like Phillips and Walls. I mean I don't know who's going to be in the predicted lineup or anything. But like these point per dollar values, like you're not going to get much of these guys. Brandon lao at, at 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 six six points. Andy Diaz. Austin Meadows six point, I mean like these point per dollars. Yeah, sure. Brett Phillips at twenty two hundred. But why are you going to do that? So if you look, if if you were to look at the top stacks over here for whatever reason, if this is even, if, if this is even accurate, I don't even know. Where's the raise? Two two point five per six percent. Right. They have a high top value percentage. I don't know what their ownership. We don't have the ownership. But if like this, if Tampa Bay, if it's 2.56% and they're going to be owned at 4%, it's like, look how far down they are. And according to the bat, they don't project that well. So like to me, that's that's a team that I may have none of, right? I may have the pitcher even against them. If they were under-owned, I still may not even have them because uh, look how far down they are on this list. They don't project well. They're towards the bottom end of, of the spectrum as far as top stack percentage. But let's say on today, like the, let's say the Blue Jays are they really facing Garrett Richards? Is that going to be a thing today? They're playing in Toronto or they're playing in Buffalo? What's that team total? I can only imagine. Oh, we don't even have that yet. So what does Toronto look like? Like Toronto has a high ceiling, but they they it's not like they project all that well. I mean, I mean, they project well, but compared to Boston, 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 point-for-dollar-wise, is a much better team, but they also may be higher owned. So does that mean you can't play Jaron Duran? You can't play? No. just means if you play, if, if Boston, the Red Sox are going to be chalk, they're going to be higher owned, but they still, they, I mean, they still if we take a look at Boston for a ceiling, right? Towards the top, here we go in the bat, 95, right? And if they're going to be owned, like, I don't, mi- I don't mind. Well, because they're a high projected stack and they have a top stack, whatever percentage, right? Colorado, we have Colorado and Seattle. Oh, two horrible teams playing in cores, right? They're playing in cores, right? Maybe they go over on. Maybe these teams go over on 3.8, 3.42. I don't even know if this is accurate. Like I said, I had to Google this in order to find the right page to even get to before it gets published. It's not even published. Yet. But, that's, but that, that's the concept. Don't worry about people want, want the easy button numbers. Like, oh, well, what numbers would say to play what? It's like, no, you need to understand the concept. The whole concept that you're looking to do is to play high projected lineups that have lower ownership. Obviously in baseball, you probably correlate it as well to mostly. That's, that's the goal. The goal is not to play the highest projected lineups. You want to play lineups that have a higher probability of winning compared to what they'll be on. That's it. That's it. End of story. Now, if the top lineup is 120 points and you're like, well, I'm going to play a lineup that's f- projected 50 points lower. Well, hopefully not not at the same ownership you wouldn't. What would be the point of that? So that's your goal. That's what I show every morning here. How do you build lineups that have a higher probability than the chance that that versus the ownership of the field? Lineups, not players, lineups. So that's why we look through what the lineup constructions are when we look at good players. That's why I go and I see what had it like Broflex? he won, right? Of course, he's like 150 lines, so whatever. Washington, 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 five man Washington, John Lester at 2%, Pete alonzo Michael Conforto. And Justin Turner, two percent for the home run, 5 five two one. What's? There's nothing wrong with this lineup. What's? And look, we look at. We have lineups that have double-digit owned players, Pete Alonzo, but John, basically John Lester and Justin Turner at third base, and Trey Barrera at catcher. Like they made the lineup. There you go, Washington. Five man Washington. This isn't a hard lineup to put together. It isn't a hard lineup, and look, it leaves 2,500 on the table. Look at that. Now a lot of this could have been could have been due to the fact that that this could have this could have been a Padres lineup. Who knows? He could have hit the late swap. Right? Oh, I'm gonna have to play a plan play, and then could didn't get it. Right? We take a look at hits pat. Right? Washington, Washington, Washington. Boston by 4 3 1. With Otani and Yarborough. Oh, he lost by two points of one and a half points with, with Yarborough. If he would have just played pretty much anyone else other than Gibson, he could have won. All double digits right here. Brick 75. Basically, he's a 5-3. Right? Five Mets, three Nationals, and John Lester. That's the only way it fits. Even with Luis Guillaume at the uh, one percent. These aren't these aren't complicated lineups. These are lineups you could have easily came up with before the, easily. Well, why did they pick this team? And they're not picking teams; they're playing lineups. I can repeat it till I'm blue in the face. We take a look at ownership. It's not like it's not like like look. Well, he played tons of Broflex played tons of Reds. He played 16% Vlad Guerrero, right? He still played, you know, uh, he played Marlins, plenty of Marlins lineups. Here's uh, Semyon in Blue Jays lineups. Pairing them together. I mean, how much, like, Jorm. He had him in what, three lineups? This is three lineups because he was playing Mets stack. What made him play that? Nothing. What made him play Lester? It was 6,300. He didn't project that badly. In order to fit in expensive stacks, you're going to need cheap pitchers. Lester was 6,300. Irvin was what? uh, No, Irvin was 7,800. Mills was 6,700. And Mize was 6,600. I thought those were the options in there. But if you wanted to do something like Smith and Lester... That, that's what you had to do in order to fit those batters in. And with the fact that yes, on yesterday's slate, the pitching projections were very close to one another. You did not have to spend up on pitching based on the projections. Now, can you build lineups and just like, oh, well, the highest, project, the highest projected guy is Granky in this spot and I have 8,800 left? And yeah, then that's what fits. That's what fits in that spot. But you need to be viewing the whole lineup you're not gonna. You going to you did not see me yesterday with any the Mets, Reds, uh, Mets, uh, uh, Cincinnati lineups, or Tampa Bay was owned. Like I didn't play like Tampa. I'm not playing two chalky teams together. Two ne- not chalky. Poor, poor choice of words. Two negative leverage teams together. Then if I am, I gotta play. I gotta play weird pictures. I'm gonna do that. Looking through the YouTube chat. March mimic Jordan had to get more diversification with pitchers to gain leverage. Even when I reduce exposure, it keeps giving me chalk pitchers. Well then lower it. Pick the pictures you want and give them a minimum exposure. What's it's not that complicated. Maybe you want chalk. Maybe you're building lineups that are so contrarian hitters. Why wouldn't you want the highest projected pitchers? I don't mind that. That makes sense in those lineups. If you have an ownership cap, like for the total lineup, that could also, to me, it sounds like you're playing very contrarian hitters. And that's, and it's going to try to optimize for projection and give you obviously the best projected pitchers. Let's see. Chris Schumacher. Hey, Jordan, you've talked about the fact that you make recommendations to the team that, yeah, the developer team, yeah. Is there any way to move it to save multiple different lineups? I don't even know what that means. Oh, okay. To have multiple sets. So there's no just, there's not one. There's not just one saved lineup section, right? So like if I, if I just clicked here, I can, I'm just, I'm just, what what am I doing? You're talking about the saved lineups because there's only one saved lineup section. If I were to build whatever, I'm just clicking through, right? These save lineups, right? It's like, I want to save this lineup and that lineup, right? And there, but I, now I want to save a diff- different set and have a second save lineup set. To me, if you're going to do that, I've done something like that before. You just do it with builds. Like get to the build that you want. I do this like like yesterday. A perfect example yesterday. I mean, I didn't do it because I was multi-entering. Like yesterday, I thought a good idea would have been if you're playing like hundred entry, if you're playing a lot and you're using lineup HQ. You you make one hundred and fifty set with the San Diego Atlanta game in, and one without it, and have you could rename the build as could be the the one with it in and the one with it out. So you build with them in and then you X them out and you build with them out. And then now you have, now you have two CSVs for that. So you could do that with the different builds. I mean, you could build, you could, it saves the second build here, but what you would want is different lineup saves. Well, if you're gonna be using it for a CSV anyway, I've done it before, but I just use it with the build one, build two, build three, build whatever, and just pull out the lineups from those. If anything, you could delete the lineups, right? Build two. It's like, oh, I, I only want I only want these three lineups. Well, then just delete the other ones, right? Let's say let's say I want the top five lineups here. One, two, three, four, five, right? I go here, delete all lineups below, right? Delete all lineups below, right? And there you go. You're down to five. And then you save that, and you go, okay, you don't need the save lineup section. You are just like. Build two is my is my five lineups of glory or whatever. I don't know. Call it whatever you want. Whatever, whatever, whatever you want to call it. You can do it that way. You could do it that way. Do enough people save multiple sets of lineups that you would need a section like that? I'm not sure. But I see where you're going. But I think there's more I think there's there's I think there's better ways of doing it personally Chris Schumacher says here's the dilemma okay okay let, let me see this I usually enter two different contests one has 150 max and one has a 25 max I grind many different lineups and save some from this grind and some from that grind until I hit 150 from that 150 I like to specifically call another 25 yeah but you're not you don't have to save the 150. The 150 is in your build. I'm never using, I don't don't know about you. I don't use the save lineup section often. You could use the save lineups for your 25 if you want, if you want to do that. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like you're building right in here. If I'm building 150 lineups, I'll build hundred lineups. I'm generating this multiple times. So I'm building this just just as an example. Right. I'm, I'm, oh, I'm tweaking. I'm tweaking. Okay. Build four. I'm getting too much of this guy. I'm building again. Right. I'm moving this around. I'm creating a group. I'm like, I'm getting too much of that and whatever. I'm doing, I'm doing this a whole bunch of times. Obviously, I'm stimulating me doing it. Right. Until I get to like build seven. It's like two minutes before lock. It's like, okay, this all looks good. Well, then I'm uploading build seven. Right. I delete, delete all the other builds. And there you go, my final build of a hundred and whatever. And that's what, I'm, that's what my 150 would be. Then if you're like, oh, I want to take out of this and make 25, well then just do it again and make another build. You don't have to save this build. You don't, I don't have to save all these lineups. Like what would I do here? Save this and all lineups below, right? You could do that, right? It saves all 35 of these lineups. Like why do I have to do that? I already have them in this build. I could already export this thirty-five. I could already. These are already my saved thirty-five lineups as it is. So why do I need them? Why do I need them in the save lineup section? I don't. Right? I go to the save lineup section. It's, it, it's exactly the same. It looks exactly the same. Unsave all lineups below. Right? I could take them out. Right, but it's still—I still have the save 35 lineups, right? So now that you're done with your whatever build, now you want to do your 25. Well, then, then start start over, and you already have it here. It's already—it's already here. You don't—you don't have to do anything in the save lineup section. That's why I was wondering why you'd need multiple save lineup sections. chris schumacher says it would be better if i could save sets but you can save sets i'm saving the set i don't think you understand the fact that the save line of section and the builds are the same exact things i'm literally showing you how you do it you could save sets what what's wrong with that? i don't understand i'm befuddled Right? Like I'm gonna go, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do exactly what you what you want to happen. Okay? I want 150 lineups. 150 lineups with whatever. Let let's let's set something. Right? Let's get all five threes and just whatever comes out. Right? Three unique players, who cares? Whatever comes out. So you're gonna build this. This is your 150 set whenever it starts. Typically I don't like doing the big numbers because we have to sit around here and wait. So this would be your 150 set that you're building. So when this comes out, it'll come out here. Now, if you look at that, what you're gonna look at that and go, oh, I'm getting too much of this and too much of that. So you're gonna start setting exposures and you're gonna click the button again to get build two, right? And then, you, and then you're gonna see it's like, I'm not getting enough of this. I'm not getting enough of that, right? I'm getting too much of this and too much of that. So you're gonna you're gonna tweak your 150 build. And you get build three, build four, build five, and till, till whatever. And then you have it there. It's there. it's literally it's literally sitting there. What do you have to save? It's already there. it's saved. it's there. right? This is gonna take too long, right? So here, it's saved. You're done. Build one. Your set of lineups. Lineups saved. Okay? Your set of lineups saved. For 150 max, right? Right? Oh, now I need 25 lineups for 25. Then you could do whatever you want. Feel free to Change any of the rules you want and everything like that. Go into the stacks and do 25 lineups. And then you build it. Then, okay, so you go around, you change your settings, whatever, and there you go. You have another one, right? Lineups, 425 max. What, what, what do I need to save anything? It's already there. Here's my 150 build. Here's my export. Here's my 25 build. If I want to tweak the 25, oh, I'm getting too much of this. So you build it in. Okay, there you go, right? Oh, this one looks better, right? And you delete this one, right? You delete that one and you make that the 25 max. So like, what am I What am I saving? What am I, I don't understand. What am I save? What am I putting my save line I mean, you're not doing 150 max by picking them out one by one. I wouldn't do that. Jamie Burkhart, the lineup you showed was a Washington 5-3 Boston New York Mets. I understand the concept of low on Boston with higher on Mets, but why 5-3? Because it's more correlated. Did I also build a 5-2 and a five-one-one? One. I build whatever, whatever. Jamie, don't overthink it. The smaller field of contest, the more I just want to get every, two things right. Boston, New York. How do they fit together? 5-3. Oh, I'm 100 off and I can't fit in Conforto. So play a 33 at that Play a one-off, $3,300 guy that projects well. Maybe Naquin would be in that lineup. Who knows? I'd say that, I would say that 90, 99.9% of people that play MLB DFS vastly overthink this, Vast, by, by 10 to 20 times, okay? Why 5-3 versus 5-2 and 5-1? Why not? That could have been a 4-3-1 lineup. Now, in smaller field contests, I, I don't need the nut score. I don't need the highest score possible. I want to get as little amount of things right as possible, right, together. I don't want to have to pick three one-offs. So if I could mix two teams together, there you go. If the, if the Red Sox and the Mets do well, that lineup probably does well. Well, do you play Dom Smith or do you play good for whatever fits? I don't care. Why Nido and not Ploeki? Because he fit, Nido projected better and he fit there. That, that, that's the difference. Why did you not play Verdugo? Because I could have played Ploeki here, right? Saved the 600 because he was only 2,000 and then gone up from what? Yarbrough to Gibson? Still have 200 and have Renfro go up to Verdugo. Okay. It would have been the same lineup. Well, actually, no. I need to have another met in here, right? This would be no right. Renfro would turn into Conforto, right? So instead of night, instead of Alonzo McNeil Nido, it would be Alonzo McNeil Conforto in the Renfro spot, Plawecki in the Nido spot, and Gibson in the Yarborough spot. That lineup. What's wrong with that lineup? That lineup's fine, also. This lineup projects slightly better based on the bat projections. Slightly better, slightly. But if you wanted to play the 5-3 the, the in a different way, go, go right ahead. The Mets really didn't have third. I mean, you played J.D. Davis, but typically, you know, the Red Sox are easy. But you could have played that. Other, what? It's maybe two or three point projection difference? Not much of an ownership change. You're probably playing Alonzo in the Mets, right? That's probably not changing. But I could have easily, instead of playing Ryan Yarborough, okay, let, was there a pitcher cheaper than that? No. Uh, like instead of playing J.D. Martinez at 4,800, I could have played some other guy. I could, I could have played Winker, right? I could have played Winker here and had played Gibson there, right? That would have been chalkier. And played a 4-3-1. There's nothing wrong with that either. I could have played instead of Caleb Smith. Caleb Smith was a well-projected pitcher, according to the bat. I could have played, instead of playing Caleb Smith, I could have played John Lester here, saved 300, went from J.D. Martinez down to Dom Smith, and then Renfro up to Verdugo. And it's like, it's virtually the same lineup also. This lineup would still project maybe two or three points higher at about the same amount of ownership. Well, Leicester would have gotten it lower. A little bit lower than it would have. Well, how do you... And then I know the question is going to be, I could probably go through this. I could spend the next, I don't know, 10 to 12 hours on slight variations of this lineup. I could. I could just sit here on YouTube and show you exact Boston Mets lineups that are 5-2-1, 5, two, one, five one, 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 five. I could show you tons of variations of this that are within like two or three points of each other. It's been 10 hours. We could, how many lines can we build? Probably a hundred, hundred, just like this. And you to go, well, how do you choose? Well, which one's the best one? I don't know. With the variance in baseball? Obviously a lineup that's two or three points higher projected is, is going to be slightly better. Over a million slate sample size, sure. Now, do I want to play one that's 20 points lower projected? No. Do I want to play one that's a million percent down? No. But anything in the middle? Sure. And you could have picked, I I could have made a hundred of these types of lineups. Exactly like 1v1s. Well, like we're talking about like instead of instead of JD Martinez or instead of Renfro, like I'm playing Kiki Hernandez here. And then I'm going down and I'm playing, you know, Cole Irvin, right? Or I'm going from Nido down to Plawecki and then Yarborough up to Otani, right? I mean, look how many combinations could we make with just the Mets and the Red Sox together? And they'll all be fairly, fairly close to each other. If you were to close your eyes, if you, t- if you made a hundred lineups, and you just close your eyes and, and just went to random.org. I just went to this and I made a hundred lineups and I had to, I could only choose one, right? I made a hundred, a hundred Mets, Red Sox lineups that all project within like three points of each other, medium wise, and they're all around the same ownership. I just list a hundred, I just go like this, 97th, that's the one I pulled well, how do you choose? they pick whichever one you like. Close your eyes. The one that looks the best to you. Who knows? They're so close to each other. If you're sitting around for a half an hour thinking about this decision, you're you're thinking too much. That's what I mean. You're vast, vastly overthinking. Vastly to the point of stupidity. If I were to go, go to lineup HQ today and build five three lineups of any team or five two ones or whatever based on i I could i could and i had to pick one like you're gonna find you're gonna find like between between a five point range in lineups and and 10 points in ownership like you're gonna find hundreds upon hundreds of lineups you can only play one well make a choice they're all gonna look different Mathematically, you're just trying to bet better lineups than in the field. What happens on that given day, I have no idea. That's why we that's why we play every day. That's why we play multiple slings. That's why we have a large sample size. Uh, let's see. Grimble, can we save the settings for GPP build so when I clear it to build my cache lineup, I can go back to the setting I already have? Yes, but you don't even have to. Like you really need to watch the lineup HQ tutorials. If you want to build a cache lineup, just go like this. Lineup preview and there you go. Press the optimize button. You don't need to change your settings. Obviously in the build rules, you could save, you could save here, update, DK MLB defaults. So you could save your settings here. And then reload them for each site, DK MLB. But if you'd run in catch, to just run, to use the sidebar. Right? I could build all the lineups I want here. Let's say, oh, it's, I don't want I don't want this guy in my lineup. So X them out and then run it again. Right. Nolan McClanahan, right. As of right now, with the bad projections, Nolan McClanahan, Raleigh, Aguiar, Hampson. I mean, it's already in there. I don't need need any of this. Use the lineup preview in the sidebar. It disregards any of your settings. It's just a player pool. It will give you the top projected median lineup, regardless. It's not that complicated. You don't need another. You don't need to save. You don't need to do anything. Just use the lineup preview. Let's see. Du, 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 du. Norm Bothwell, are projections that important? Of course they are. A 150-point projected lineup versus 120-point projected lineup is like a homer and a double difference. Yeah, so one lineup is a homer and a double, on average, better than the other lineup. Why? Of course it matters. Does it mean that the 120-point projected lineup can never win? Of course not. But it's going to win less. It's going to score less points. I mean, that's the whole point of what projections are. They're not predictions. They're projections. They're a range of outcomes. Ryan H, is it negative EV to play the pitchers from the same game in a single lineup? It's that it's not directly negative EV. Obviously, this this it's negatively correlated. Gonna, you're adding a small amount of negative correlation to the ceiling of your lineup because obviously only one pitcher can get the win. Obviously, neither pitcher could get the win. Also, I mean, like neither. I mean, half the, more than half the time, neither starting pitcher gets. A decision at all okay nearly half the time the other half of the time what then it's the win probability of the two teams i guess so you by playing the two pit two starting pitchers from the same game you're limiting your ceiling on average by like a point or an and a half maybe should you be doing well it depends on the rest of your life like you, you still you're still not getting it lineups not players you're already getting tons of leverage in the rest of your lineup and you have ceiling and in the rest of your line and you're then giving up one and a half points of, of 80th percentile range, not even the middle range, just the high range. Maybe it's still it's worth the shirt and do it. Especially if one of the pitchers is like dramatically underpriced. It's like, oh, I'm going to play two pitchers from the same. Okay, you could do it. It's, it's about the lineups. It's not about the players. Would, I already have a lineup that projects poorly and is high owned. Well, let me limit my ceiling even more. Like then you wouldn't play both pitchers from the same game in that type of lineup. It's already bad enough as it is. And now you're adding even more negative correlation to it. No. So you have to think in terms of all the players in your lineup at once. Maybe there are some maybe there are some lineups that are fine with two pitchers from the same game. Maybe lineup maybe the lineups that are, are plenty of lineups that aren't that you want you want to squeeze as much ceiling as you can out of it. So it's not a one, do one or the other. It could be complete that the lineup with both pitchers from the same game could be massively plus EV, and the, and a different lineup with the same exact two pitchers could be massively negatively. Because fortunately, you're not just playing two pitchers and you not, you not, I'm not putting a Nolan McClanahan and ending there and just submitting my lineup. There's eight other guys in my lineup. You have to balance these things out. There are three levers, projection, correlation, leverage. The balance is high projection. Okay, very high projection. No correlation, no no leverage. I mean, that's 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 a cash game. Line. The great median, big bulk in that center. Best shot at getting that median outcome, which is great for double ups, but not not very good for GPPs. Make min cash a lot. Man, you may get some min cash. Then, then you have a lineup, tons of correlation. I'm... Five three, tons of leverage, right? You the lever for the leverage goes up. Yeah, I, I, got, I got a five three with the two lowest owned stacks, and the two lowest owned pitchers. The projection is garbage. I mean, the it, that lever is like in the floor. <coughs> you have a lineup that projects so horrible. Well, that lineup sucks, right? Oh, but I got all the leverage and I got all the car- yeah, but but the project. I mean, your your lineup projects for half the amount of points as anyone else's lineup. You would need some ridiculously outlier event for both these, all these things to happen. You might as well play parlays at that point with how, how, how infrequent it would happen that it's not even worth it. It's such a low projection. You're not even worth it to play. So it's not one or the other. It's about putting them together. And the larger the field of the contest, the more variance you want the more you want to sac you want to sacrifice projection that lever starts coming down the larger the field contest it is and the more the correlation and the leverage levers go up smaller field contests yeah you're not going to you're not going to be cranking up the projection with no correlation or leverage but you're not going to be sacrificing that much right you're not going to sacrificing that many points cuz you don't need to how much leverage do you need in a four hundred person contest? Seventy thousand? Okay, yeah, you're probably probably not going to play a cash lineup in that contest, right? If uncorrelated, you know, just whatever the best values and the two chalk pitchers, I mean, that you might as well throw your money away. In the long run, yeah. Oh, you may min cash, sure. You're not going to min cash often enough. So that that's the point. So all these questions, all these things, is this? Is that? It's a Well, what does the lineup look like? And and it's quite possible. Actually, it's not only quite possible. It is likely that you could build 2,000, 3,000 lineups for today's slate that all have around the same expected value. They have different teams, different everything. I mean, they're completely different from one another. Yet if we simulate this laid out 10,000 times, that I've made 2,000 lineups that all end up showing the same amount of value, profit, ROI. But, but I'm only playing 20. Which 20 should I play? Close your eyes and, and choose. That's when we come into diversification of like, if they're all the same. Well, about the same. Why do I want to play all of one player? right? Because I'm just, now my portfolio, like I, I, I only have so many slates that I'm going to be playing. So once I find 2,000 lineups that all look different, that all have about the same expected value, and I'm going to play a hundred of them. Well, why would I play a hundred percent Fernando Tatis? I mean, he could, just that now you're increasing the variance of your portfolio. Which you could if you if you don't mind. If you don't mind swings like wee, 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 wee. If you don't mind the heavy swings, sure, you could do that. That's why the difference between like lineup strategy and diversification are two different things. You first have to find, you have to first have to build the lineups. And then you have to go and go, okay, now I'm playing 20 of them, like 20 plus EV lineups. If you're building 20 garbage lines, who cares what your diversification is? doesn't matter what you do. You're going to be unprofitable no matter what. That's the goal, finding plus EV lineups. And it's quite possible that the differences between the lineups, the amount of variance there is in baseball is, is not much difference. Yes, there's a difference when a lineup that, oh, this lineup projects at 120 and I'm playing a lineup that projects at 80. Yeah, that's a big difference. Or I'm play, there's a lineup that has an ownership sum of 225% and this one has an ownership sum of 80%. Yes, that's a big difference. But right in that the middle zone, I could probably like if this top lineup is 120, and let's say let's uh, with this even with the stacks, let's say we have the top stacked lineup, a five-man stack is 115 at a certain ownership. Five one one one. Well, you could probably find within the next five points, tons of lineups. Five one one one, those types of lineups that are at 115, you could probably find hundreds of them that you don't have to send But now you're gonna find which ones are the, which are the lower owned ones. Ah, plays many of those, but then you're also probably playing the same stack a million times. So it's like, oh, maybe I could find a lineup that's at 113, that is slightly different. It's like, okay, I could play that one. Find one at 112. Are you looking for ones down at 70? Probably not. And the further you go down from 115 to 112 to 110 to 108 to 106, you, the ownership better go down with it. Because what would be the point of playing a lineup that is 105 point projected at 150 ownership sum when there's a lineup at 115 points with the same ownership sum? Uh, I'm gonna, I'm just going to sacrifice 10 points of projection for no reason, for no leverage. I'm not getting anything. So that's what you do. That's what DFS is. This is what it is. So the players like, oh, what's the plays? That's why I don't understand what what, what plays could there be? You already have these numbers. The, your job is you just put the numbers together and, and in an order where you could do, put the put the numbers better than the other people that put the numbers better together. That's it. And stop thinking of, well, should I play five, two, one or five, one, one, one or five, whichever, whichever one would, would sometimes some five, three lineups are better than five, two, one lineups. Certain ones, not in general. On this slate, would you play? On this slate, you can play anything you want. There's probably plenty of 4-3-1 lineups that are better than 5-3 lineups. But there are also tons of 4-3-1 lineups that aren't. There may be 3-2-2 lineups. There may not be as many. There are probably some 3-2-2 lineups that are better. High projection, low ownership, enough correlation, not getting maximum correlation. That may be good to play also. So it's not you're not locking yourself into what what what's the best construction for today's slate? Well, it depends on the lineup. It's all about lineups and not players. I talk about this all the time. I talk about it in the theory of DFS. Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports is a 15-hour audio DFS masterclass. How to think like a professional DFS player. This is the I mean what I what I've been describing is all in here. If you want structured education, game theory that applies to all sports, not just MLP. So it's me and James McCool for 15 hours. It's like a seminar. And you can listen to him multiple times. Most people do. Every chapter, game objectives, player selection, expected value, leverage, correlation, construction, risk management, exploit psychology. Typically, you, you listen to it for 15 hours. You'll learn something new every single time you go through it. That this is how I learned how to play poker with the theory of poker from David Sklansky. You play, you read, you play, you read, you play, you re- and You pick up things. Like, oh, maybe I'm not doing this enough. Maybe I'm not doing that. Or maybe you don't, you listen to it first time. It's like, I don't even understand half of this, but then you play a little and you go, Oh, okay. now I think I know what you're talking about. Right. And then you see it, you start seeing it in your play. And finally, when it clicks, you'll feel you'll, once it clicks, you'll feel like a, uh, what are all these people asking the stupidest questions for? Right, that's what. That's what. You'll watch. You'll watch shows and roto grinders and go. Why are people even? Why? Why? Why do two v twos exist? So just just add the numbers together and just put them there. You go. Why, why do you have to ask someone to do that for you? So there you go. Well, if you want to do that, if you want to ask two v twos, tune in later. Hit the thumbs up button on your way out the door. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live. Grind- grinders live. Five thirty. Yeah, we've got Devin. Devin's in the in the in the chat. Grinders live at five thirty. Got crunch time for premium members. After that, PGA at seven twenty. An NBA live betting show. Oh, we got the betting show live. Live betting. Oh, because of the finals tonight. So, uh, so yeah, so we have got tons of stuff going on here on the YouTube channel. Uh, programming note. Okay, I know it doesn't matter what I say because people are gonna they're gonna message me anyway, right? Because they don't listen. Uh, there will be no show tomorrow and Thursday. So I'll be back on Friday. I am uh, I'm going in, going in for a, for a colonoscopy tomorrow. So I, I will I will not be available. I will probably be on the toilet most of tonight and possibly tomorrow night. So I don't even know how I'm gonna feel on Thursday, so I just might as well just take off. So uh, so tomorrow and Thursday, Wednesday and Thursday, if there's no show, okay? I'm gonna say this. And I know at about 11.05 tomorrow and Thursday, I'm going to get mess- messages on Discord of like, no show today, What's where's the show? What's the show? Even though it's just people that listen and watch the sh- show every day. So I, I don't know why people don't listen, but no show Wednesday, no show Thursday. I'll be back Friday. Uh, and then 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 we're off to the races. Like like I always am here at 11 o'clock in the morning for the DFS pregame show on Roto Grinders dot com.